2012, Lucasfilm announced a trilogy of novels focusing on each of the three main characters from the original trilogy of Star Wars films. The first two books were published before the canon reboot and are now considered part of the Legends continuity. But Luke Skywalker tale, heir to the Jedi, made the cut and we're going to talk about it today. You're listening to Canon in 15 Minutes from the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Canon in 15 Minutes from the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. I'm your host for today, Johnny Maynard, but as ever, I am not alone. I am joined by one of the usual suspects, the Star Wars Book Community founder and Fanthrax reviewer, it's Chris Davies. Hi, Chris. Tis I. <laughs> Welcome back. And uh, rounding out this snack-sized slice of podcast pie, uh, a delight for your ear holes. What is happening? Is a, man <laughs> is a man that we've wanted to have on the show for a while. The other Johnny, uh, known to some of you as Starbird Files on the old social medias, is yep. Johnny Olish. Hi, Johnny. How you doing? Good to be here at last. <laughs> Super. It's really, it's really good to have you on the show. You've been knocking around in the Star Wars book community corridors um, yeah. since the beginning, really. Yeah, I mean, I think you probably started mm-hmm. the Starbird oh, Files yeah. site and account around about the same time as we were getting going. Yeah, matter of months, I think, a couple of months maybe before uh, Chris or yourself invited me to, you know, start uh, joining in with the Star Wars book community. Join the party, yeah. And what a party it is. It, it really is. Um, I can already tell we're not going to make 15 minutes on this one. Um, Why even try? So, let's... <laughs> <laughs> okay, let, let's give the folks listening uh, the, the semblance of order uh, and a little bit of context. Uh, we're talking about Heir to the Empire. Uh, sorry, no, we're not. We're talking about Heir to the Jedi. That Yes. I, I do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, indeed. We're talking about Heir to the Jedi. Uh, written by Kevin Hearn and published on March 3rd, 2015. Uh, this was originally conceived as part of a loose anthology-style trilogy for the Expanded Universe, uh, but instead was published as part of the new canon as a standalone title. As an aside, it was Leia Organa's story Razor's Edge and Han Solo's story Honor Among Thieves that were published before the canon reboot of 2014, and now form their own duology in the Legends continuity. Timeline-wise, this takes place probably a few weeks or months after the Battle of Yavin, but almost certainly before the Star Wars comics that are set in the post-Yavin period, which keep Luke otherwise occupied for the remaining two and a half to three years before the Battle of Hoth. Uh, The main plot, after a few side quests and false starts, sees Luke tasked with the rescue of a cryptographer from Imperial custody and delivering her secrets to the Rebellion. Uh, He is joined on his mission by R2-D2 and the adventurous Nakari Kellen, a sort of new money version of Leia with cargo pants and fewer responsibilities so this book guys is written in the first person from luke's perspective um do you like getting inside luke's head in that way and do you like what you see of luke here johnny what about you um i wasn't keen on the style at all yeah it just really threw me off to begin with and and to compare it to 
something that I read recently, as in uh, Rise of the Red Blade. At no point is it first point point of uh, first person point of view, but you're entirely inside her head at the same time. I feel yeah. so. I don't think there's any need to necessarily do that, and it did. It kind of, it leads to a lot of like I said this, I did this, and went did that, and it feels kind of basic to me in that sense. But yeah, what we see of inside of Luke's head is quite enjoyable. I thought, and it's interesting to really see him at this point, right after where we've seen him in the in the first film, and he's kind of learning on the job, so to speak, to become both a rebel and yeah. uh, not necessarily a Jedi, kind of, but like just first beginning to experience the Force and what it can do and what he can do and that kind of thing. Yeah, he he's starting to see himself that way, yeah. isn't he? And he's starting to think of himself as a future Jedi and he's he's looking for ways to, to, to maybe make that happen, I guess. So he's, yeah, he's very much on that journey and it is, I guess, it's, it's an underexplored part of his journey um chris what about you i like the idea of it um i don't, I don't mind first person's first person stories at all um maybe it would have been better if the actual story itself was better um i do i do like this book um but it's not one of the stronger canon entries in fact i'm pretty sure it's the most hated canon book it, it's not one that pops up on anyone's list of yeah, favorites, but it, uh, and I mean no shade on it by that. It just it just doesn't. It's it does have a lot to love though. There is a lot of good things about it, mm. so it's, yeah, it's definitely yeah. worth a read. Yeah, but um, yeah, so so you're not a fan necessarily of the first no, person. I am. Perspective, um, so, so I listened to it. I read. I tried to read this initially, but then I think life got in the way, and then I listened to it mm. on audio, um, and it's narrated by Mark Thompson. Yeah, and on audio it really works because yeah. mark mark thompson's luke voice is wonderful it really is i i had i had a similar experience I, I did first try to read this around about the time it dropped and i struggled with it and as i usually do with books that i'm struggling to read in physical copy i, I went to the audio to finish it and I, I got through it that way. And I guess for my first read through, I guess that's as much as I can say about it. I kind of got through it and I didn't really enjoy it that much. I've really enjoyed it on subsequent revisits, um, both reading the physical copy and actually on, on audio. But you're right. I, Mark Thompson is a genius and Mark Thompson's look is really spot yeah. on here. And that, that, that first person prose works really well in Luke's It's not voice. just that he's good, it's just he sounds like a young Mark Hamill. Yeah, yeah. To the point where if you if you kind of like switch your brain off a little bit, it feels like you're, you're being told a story by Luke Skywalker. I quite like it. I quite like exploring this bit of Luke's journey. I don't think we needed to get it in first person perspective. I, I think to your point, Johnny, you know, most of the the canon is written and i guess what's probably best described as kind of a close third person you know it is third person but you're very close over mm. the shoulder of them and you're kind of in their head anyway it's just not being presented as i did this i thought this i remember whatever so it, it, it's sort of it's this strange halfway house between kind of a traditional god's eye view narration and sort of actually being quite inside someone's head and i, I do prefer that as a style without a doubt but um if there's anybody out there who might be put off by the first person perspective, maybe give the audio a go because that I think does 
get around that to some degree it's, it's, anyway it's not the worst though i mean there's a there's a young adult book um it's not junior the junior novelization of the empire strikes back called i think so you want to be a jedi that is told in second that's told in second person and that is a nightmare yeah it's not what it's not my favorite but when, when i was reading it i did make a point of reading a few of the chapters out loud to my then seven-year-old son For jokes right and he loved it did he no he loved it he absolutely loved it so I, again i think it's horses for courses that it's a that, that's that is a book that isn't for us as you know middle-aged fellows it, it, it's you say that but the two other books in that series are pretty good ouch okay well let's talk about let's talk about plot and heir to the jedi because actually quite a lot happens here with these sort of side quests that seem to take up the first third or so of the book before luke actually gets going on his mission to to meet this and extract this um uh this alien give she's a given uh, her name is drusel uh, who's this sort of coding genius this mathematics genius um is there anything in particular that you like here with the plot or anything that you don't like? Uh, Chris? Uh, yeah, uh, there's a couple of things I really liked about this plot. So the setup is, you know, it's convoluted and everything like that, but it doesn't really matter that much. Um, there's these little monster guys <laughs> that they come across um, quite near the beginning of the thing. But like, I can't remember what they're called exactly. I'm sure one of you time like brain slugs or something Fexian head borers the skull borers skull borers, skull that's, borers. It. Yeah. that's it johnny they're yeah. these little sort of parasite things that lash onto your head and then like bore into your skull uh and it, like something from turok if you haven't played that game the cerebral bore was a weapon in that way they fired it it lashed onto the head yes. and that's a deep cut for anyone over 35 um <laughs> forgotten all about it but i'm right back there in 1998 yeah man 64 but anyway um <laughs> I really like them as a like as a concept of like a, a creature, a monster. They were really cool. And the other the other thing I really liked about this book is, and it's something which I've seen a lot of people criticise, and I think this is unfair, um, is the relationship between Luke and Nakari. It's quite sweet. A lot of people are saying mm-hmm. like a lot of people think that it's mm. Luke wouldn't just fall for someone. He's meant to be like in Leia at this point. It's just you know, a romance just for this story. Yeah, fair enough. But it works. It's written well. It's, it's told well. Like, I like that character. Um, and then the resolution of it is yeah. really satisfying. Um, so, yeah, I, I, those, those two parts of the book I really liked. Cool. What about you, Johnny? Um, yeah, it was quite almost kind of video gamey to begin with, where you're going from little place to place and place. But, and it doesn't, obviously, because as you said, this was intended to be part of with those other books and then it's the canon reset and everything so it kind of has the feel it does have the feel of a what is now legends book whereas yeah. i think the new canon has a more kind of uh it all fits together the way it's written fits together and it feels slightly apart which i think was also true of like tarkin for example yeah all the uh, the really early ones they're where they're still trying to feel their way as to what how these new books are going to feel and work together and everything so there's not a whole lot of like connectivity and stuff yeah um and i think that goes down to like the cover of the book as well it looks like a legend book <laughs> incidentally i'll bring this up have you ever seen the brazilian art cover it's gorgeous yeah it's amazing br- <laughs> it looks like the a brazilian cover of a new dawn as really? well it's also gorgeous 
Oh, is it really? I'll have to look that one up. Um, Could you describe it? Because I've not seen it. There's kind of Luke and Nakari are both on the cover. They're like semi-silhouetted. purple drunk all around um, them. And there's like all this purple like landscape around them and stuff. It's really atmospheric. Yeah. I'll send you a picture. I've got it saved on my I can, phone. I can now. see Chris looking it up. Right, on can you see this? Okay. No, you can't see I, that, can you? I will post a, an image of that with the sort of the, the, the social posts um, for this episode, and then people can have a look. But I loved um, the fact that we went to Rodeo. Yeah. Um, I would have liked to have spent longer there, to be fairly yeah. honest. Yeah. Um, and I liked a lot of the other supporting characters, like, uh, uh, who is it, Sunta, that he meets on Rodeo, and how her uncle used to be a Jedi, yeah. which, yeah. yes, it's convenient, but yeah. I really enjoyed it, especially from his point of view, getting to hear stories of... Anakin, you know, his dad was a Jedi and those kind of things. Drusil, the yeah. cryptographer that you were yeah. talking about, she was really interesting. I find her fun, particularly on the second the second time I read this book and had a much better time with it, I, I find her really mm. funny. I find all the weird sort of maths jokes kind yeah. of endearing and cute and, you know, it was just fun, you know? Um, and I really enjoyed Nakari and Luke's relationship. In fact, I, I do want to talk to you both about that. Chris, I know you've already mentioned um, that that's something you enjoyed. Um, Johnny, how did you find Nakari? And I guess, spoiler warning, and we've not really done this on any of these shows before. I mean, it comes with the territory, doesn't it? <laughs> y- yeah, um, but, if, but if you really don't know what happens with Luke and Nakari, um, maybe skip on a few minutes. <laughs> Um, but obviously, she and Luke do build up what, what I think is quite a nice chemistry, uh, but things do end tragically. I mean, what do you make of that storyline? And does that leave, does that have any legacy in Luke's character going forward? Uh, certainly as it's presented in canon. No. <laughs> Easy answer. It doesn't have any. It's It's a really good story within this book, but it's never referenced again. It's never, like, there's no fallout from it. Because this book is immediately followed in canon by the similarly titled Weapon of the Jedi, which is also a Luke story, and is also way better. Definitely get that book. That's a wicked book. Yeah. Um, but, no, he, he hasn't... Because he's essentially just lost his girlfriend. Yeah. His new girlfriend's just been killed, and then he just gets back to Rebel Bay, doesn't tell anyone, and goes on another adventure. To, to yeah, be no, fair, we work. don't know. We, we don't know for sure what order those these take place in, and and you know it, it's difficult because they both present a version of Luke. Uh, so we've got Heir to the Jedi here, and the, the, the Jason Fry novel you're talking about, the middle grade novel by Jason Fry, Weapon of a Jedi. They both present a version of Luke who. Um, sort of straight off the back of, uh, relatively off the back of the Battle of Yavin. He's feeling his way. He wants some more guidance as a Jedi. And he has very different experiences in both those books as to how he explores his relationship with the Force. And neither book mentions or refers to the other at all. So so we don't know for sure which one has technically happened first. I think it has been said, I don't know if it was Jason Fry or Matt Martin or someone, but it has been said that it takes place literally minutes after Ash the Jedi. Really? Yeah. That makes zero sense then. Um, yeah. Yeah, because as, as, yeah, it, it, it ends tragically. Um, Johnny, did, what do you think? Do you, do you, do you, does this have any impact on Luke's ongoing journey? Um, to an extent. I mean, um, I really liked Nakari as a character. I thought she was 
funny and entertaining. Um, I liked her motivations and everything, you know, like the fact that she's from a rich family, but, you know, her mother uh, was sent to Kessel for being in a uh, band that did a song called Vader's Many Prosthetic Parts. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, whoever's in charge of Ogre's Cantina playlist, if you're listening, make that song. I know, right? I can't believe we haven't had Because I need to hear it. <laughs> what was the band called again? It's something um, in the Toodle Fruits. Can um, you remember? Hacker, Draslip, and the Tootle Fruits. I knew you would know. Yep. They made some bangers. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. um, yeah, but yeah, and I think her and Luke had good chemistry as, as characters and everything. And I like kind of the chemistry had and, and the flirtation, but I just didn't need it to cross into romance because yeah. maybe, like you say, that doesn't work with everything else. I, I was surprised they went there, to be honest. I just felt like it was unnecessary. Yeah. Not that I'm against Luke having a romance or anything. That's not Leia. Is that... Well, it's weird, but anyway. Um, at this point in his life. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, but one of the things I really liked about her is how she encouraged Luke to experiment with the Force. Yeah. Like, she really encouraged him and like to try again with things like when he was trying to like make the noodles move and stuff like that. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. mentioned the noodles, man. <laughs> Force noodles. Force noodles, yes. I can imagine that being the sort of detail that people who want to hit on something will just fixate on. And oh yeah, it's like the the high public haters will find something out of context that they've never read, never going <laughs> to yeah. read, and they're like this, 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 and yeah, it's no, it's not. You have to. It's in context, yeah. it works. The, the scenes with Luke trying to move the noodle are actually quite sweet and and are perfectly fine. Yeah. I like them. I like them. Although interestingly, he he realizes that what he's not moving the noodle, he's moving the force around the noodle. So it doesn't make any difference whether it's a noodle or a spoon. It, and is that did. a bit too much like the X-Wing in Empire Strikes Back? Because it's not the size that matters. You're moving the force, not yeah. the object. Well, it, she said. That, 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 <laughs> that scene and that realisation that Luke has was kind of like his there is no spoon moment, to your point. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, it, I guess if I'm trying to draw a line from what Luke goes through here to sort of what we do, so what little we see of Luke in canon after this point. Mm. I mean, we um, do have a 75 comic issue set directly after this. That is true. That is true. And this has, ze- <laughs> yeah. and, and this has zero direct <laughs> impact on that. Um, but, you know, I, I guess what we do have is Luke has a he has a tragic experience where he's emotionally connected to someone and he tries to use the force to save them, but fails. So I guess, I guess it's, it's an instance maybe where, you know, he sees the sort of the weight of the responsibility is, is sort of made quite clear to him, you know, and, and the, 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 the scale of the consequences of failure is made quite clear to him as well. So I guess it's quite, it's, it is quite a weighty thing. It, it's just. It's a shame mm. to me that we just don't say that. that yeah, yeah. Has that? The, 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 you've, you've got to do. Yeah. You've got to play that game yourself of drawing those connections. You know, it definitely feels more like a legend story. Though it definitely yeah. feels more like Legends Luke, Ma- mainly on the fact that in all the canon work since, and then we haven't had a lot of Luke, but we've had some, and he's not. He's he doesn't have any love interest. That's not what he. That's not who he is. Yeah. It was in it was in Legends, but it's not in canon. In canon, I have the theory that he's actually like asexual. He feels that way. Yeah, like he's just not interested. He's just that's just not who he is. So I, I do remember reading the heir to the Empire trilogy as a teenager in the nineties, and and feeling a little sort of I, you could see the seeds being sown there of him and Mara Jade being a romantic item. And I just I remember thinking, I don't want that for Luke. 
You know, right. I kind of I, I wanted Luke to be this kind of semi-monastic. You know, long before that was a thing that was established as a thing. It's I didn't want Luke to have to deal with the messiness of all that. It, it felt like he had a bigger job to do. It kind of undercuts his character as well because Luke and Ray actually they're both similar in this way that they are their their appeal and the reason why they are who they are the reason why they're the hero is because they're earnest they're innocent and they're earnest and they don't it's not how their mind works I do have a theory like I said that Luke and Ray are both asexual like they're just not it's not who they are I also had Cal Kestis as well but the last game kind of ruined that one for me. Um, the only, the only sort of hint we've ever had of Luke liking anyone is in Screaming Citadel. He kind of kind of fancies Afra. He kind of crushes on Afra a bit. He yeah. kind of crushes on Afra, yeah, and Afra kind of crushes on him as well. Which is she's gay, so it's it's a bit of a weird pairing, but it's 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 done quite well because it's more about like she's chaos, he's innocence, and like yeah. that that attraction's there because yeah. of it. I mean, I think this is a total, a total aside, but I think there's an interesting conversation to be had about it, at which point it was made absolutely clear that Afra was gay and whether or not she was initially written as a gay character. Again, I, I also have the theory that there is no sexuality in Star Wars. Like, I don't think <laughs> there is, like, um, you know, sort of gender and... Um, sort of sexual preference sort of in you know black and white in star wars because it's a much more multicultural galaxy there's different species there is, there's yeah. different there is so, no yeah no one at any point utters the word homosexual gay they haven't even made up their no. own in universe word for gay even that they've come up with it's, no but I mean, there's been lots of gay characters but it's just yeah it's never mentioned oh this person's gay or this person's homosexual it's just not important because it, it's just not important. It's just yeah. that's the character, that's their partner, that's the love interest. It doesn't matter. So I have the I have the feeling that like that everyone in in Star Wars is pansexual to a degree. Do you know what I mean? Like they're just more attracted to the 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 being than what gender they are, um, which works because most sci-fi stories like that. You know, Star yeah. Trek does that a lot, and you know, what's the point in caring about that when you could be talking to an insectoid alien? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, and. So sorry if you want to edit this out, Johnny. You can do that, but like you know, our you know, look at how much we've progressed as a, as a culture, as people in the last fifty, sixty years, and the way socially we've progressed from you know, you know, uh, uh, black people rights, uh, homosexual rights, women's rights, trans rights. Now you know all of that. Now imagine, you know, in a thousand years, which is what you could say Star Wars kind of is like to us you know it's a thousand years we'd, we'd, we'd progress past those yeah. those gray those those black and whites so i i, I, th- yeah. I think that's where star wars is now i'm sorry i've digressed massively. <laughs> no 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 no, no. That, that, that's that's all good that was my fault because i you made me think of afra um yeah yeah okay so <laughs> let's get back on track and think briefly about sort of connections if any to other stories because i think we've really touched on this you know there's not a lot of love given to this story and i think what we're saying is there aren't many subsequent canon stories that have made a point of tying back to this it, it is there anything that you're aware of and fa- failing that are there any bits of this that you would have quite liked to have seen followed up on johnny you go first i believe and it's only because i read this that the coupons is it the mm-hmm. um place where he goes that has they have been mentioned 
Again, yeah, since well, I'm not sure where, maybe in the High the... Republic and maybe somewhere else as well, but not as major characters or anything like that. Yeah, there's a scene there that kind of reminds me of the um, the noodle stall in Blade Runner. Give a code word. And... Yeah, it's kind of mixed up with sort of yeah. spy movie tropes around it. You've got to ask for the Nerf yeah. Nuggets, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I see anything I'm aware of. Yeah, I mean, you know, there, there are there are characters in alien types who obviously you know are sort of le- legacy elements and have also been referred to elsewhere as well. I mean, the the one bug, one real bugbear I've got is, is Hulik's lightsaber. So you know, one of his little side quest on Rodia, um, part of which he, he he visits the grave of a of a of a dead Rodian Jedi and retrieves their lightsaber and out of curiosity takes the bloody thing apart and then can't mm-hmm. get it back together again. Um, and this has never been mentioned. It's never been mentioned in any other media that Luke actually has a dismantled spare lightsaber knocking around, not even when he's loosed his primary lightsaber on Bespin. And Charles Saul has him go off to find another one. You know, the, the, this book gets so little love that they don't even want to <laughs> recognize that. I don't think it is. I don't think they consider it canon. I feel I like it got so. grandfathered in as canon because it was already on the release schedule. They probably already printed a lot of it or whatever. Yeah. Um, so they just released it and said, yeah, it's canon. But they're like, yeah. quick, they're like shh, never mention it again. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it, all the fans are like, that's fine. We'll hate it anyway. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I actually, I, I sold my original hardback of it because I, I, I didn't enjoy it that much the first time around. <laughs> That's quite a valuable hardback. Uh, yeah, though. indeed. I had to buy it again. More than, more, more than I sold it for. Um, so, so, yeah, don't do that, folks. Just hold on to your hardbacks. Uh, Just get the Brazilian version, because at least you've got something indeed, good to look at. Indeed. Okay, guys, what about final thoughts for this book? How are we feeling, Chris? Yeah, um, give it a read by all means. I'd recommend the audio version uh, by Mark Thompson, uh, directed by Kevin Thompson, who's a legend. Um definitely definitely go that route it's don't expect anything big but also it's nowhere near as bad as what everyone says it is it has a lot to love in there um the the relationships between the characters are good it's got those torok baddie things that rip out your skull they're wicked um and then there's another scene the noodles gotta love the noodles um and there's another cool scene that i remember where they're they're, they're trying to escape <laughs> yeah. in the sewer that really mm-hmm. sticks in my head um that was a really cool scene as well yeah. So yeah, definitely give it a read. It's not as bad as everyone, everyone anyone says yeah. it is. What about you, Johnny? I think yeah, if you're a you know if you're a Luke fan and you don't really read the comics, then this is a rare Luke canon book kind of thing. So give it a read. There's some fun characters in there. There's some good action scenes, like Chris said, and it's worth a read. I mean, I hadn't read it before organizing with you guys to do this, and I picked up a paperback copy copy for like two quid on eBay. Yeah. <laughs> It's cheap. Pick it up. Give it a read. Yeah. I will say though, if you're going to read one Luke story, read Weapon of the Jedi because it is better. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be getting to that in probably a month or so, I reckon, um, on this show. I like this book. It, it does get a lot of stick. It doesn't get much love, and I guess that probably makes me like it even more. You know, I, I kind of I, I like stuff that's been a bit overlooked, and it's 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 got its oddities. It's clearly not really regarded as canon by most folk who are currently working on star wars um but there's a lot to like about it it's 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 fun it's uh got some interesting characters and there's a good time to be had as as you said chris particularly with 
that audio book that's narrated by Mark Thompson. Uh, very much worth your Audible credit or, or however you get your, your audio books. Um, I think that's going to wrap us up for this one. Guys, where can folk find you online if you don't mind being tracked down online? Chris? Uh, quickly, yeah. Johnny, can you just ask me um, if the author's written anything since Star Wars? So th this one is Kevin Hearn's only Star Wars entry to date. I'd actually be quite happy to see him do some more. Could you say we haven't heard from him again? Sorry. <laughs> Although he has written a trilogy with Delilah Dawson, I found out. Oh, that is interesting. That is interesting. <laughs> and she is and great. She is great. She is great. <laughs> and we have heard from her before, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where can folk find you, Chris, <laughs> if you want to be found online? Sorry, uh, yeah, SW Book Collector on Instagram, Facebook, Threads, that place, uh, and Fan for Tracks with Chris Davis, and this podcast, and In My House. Sorry, carry on. Okay. Uh, Johnny, what about you? <laughs> um, best place to find me is at Starbird Files on Instagram. You'll find links there to Facebook and other uh, my blog and stuff like that uh, you can also find me hanging out in the star wars book community discord mm -hmm. um, which if you send one of us a message on instagram or whatever then we should be able to send you a link to join it yep absolutely so you can reach out to any of us on social media and we can get that link for the discord over to you uh, you can find me on social media as at journals of the wills that's journals with an s and wills with an itch and of course you can find the podcast team online you need to look for at swbc podcast uh canon in 15 minutes will be back in two weeks looking at paul s kemp's novel lords of the sith and Legends in 15 Minutes will be back next week looking at some more tales of the Jedi comics. We'll be looking at the initial run written by Tom Vetch in the early 90s. So if you're curious about uh, the very first appearance in Star Wars lore of the planet Onderon, for example, uh, that's definitely one that you want to listen to. In the meantime, it's a goodbye from Chris Davies. Goodbye. And it's a goodbye from Johnny Olaf. Goodbye. And it's a goodbye from me. Thanks for listening, folks, and may the force be with you. <laughs> <laughs>